It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs Podcast. It's Mark here with Ryan and Irregular Rob. And boys, we've had a bit of a irregular way of, of going about this uh, podcast. We sort of shuffled around. We we're going to do it tomorrow, but we're, we're doing it today now. Rob's been on the source all afternoon. He's slizzard. It's probably going to make even less sense than usual, but, uh, you know, how, how are you feeling optimistic for today, Rob? Or No, I'm good, mate. Can't, can't wait. Can't wait to chat about footy. It's, it can't, can't come soon enough, the footy season, right? Oh, 100%. And, um, Ryan, I, I want to get your take on the uh, – there's a news article that came out the other day, NRL.com, and the headline is no new rules for 2023 season, and then underneath it is five or six new rules that they've introduced. <laughs> that's, uh, that's some <laughs> classic blanders, isn't it? Yeah, no new rules aside from we're changing 16 interpretations of things that are yeah, just like no no rule. It's rule amendments, right, and not no, not yeah, like new not, rules. It's not a brand so, new rule, yes. <laughs> yeah. So the the highlights grounding the ball, uh, it's less about control and more about contact now, which, I mean, control is ambiguous and contact with the ball should be not ambiguous. So hopefully that removes some ambiguity. Uh, Ryan, I really liked this one where they said the, uh, the 18th man, it's only two head injuries before they can be activated now, not three, which uh, I, I know you commented specifically on this having an impact for fantasy. So what, what's your thoughts there with regards to how it impacts fantasy? Well, it makes uh, having a, an 18th man in, in your squad a little bit dangerous, you know, especially when you're in and around that buy time, like say round 14, you've got uh, mm-hmm. three teams on a buy, you've got blokes not backing up from origin. You know, suddenly if you get a laid out and you've got, you know, a bloke that's, you know, cops two head knocks, it makes it a lot, um, you know, a lot more risky. I guess um, you're talking specifically off. more about the loopholing, aren't you? Yeah, but I guess I guess one trade off is because of all the teams on a buy. Like, hopefully, you should have a looper like comes the end of the year because that was always a risky one as well. Like, if you were using an 18th man to loop. Um, you always have to sweat that 80 minutes, making sure no one, everyone keeps their head safe. You wanted to wrap them in cotton wool, but um, I guess it might be a little bit safer now with all the buys at least. Yeah, 100%. Um, now, obviously, the bunker one, not so much for us. I think the big reason that they brought that in is to stop people faking those head knocks, like the, the crusher tackles and stuff. Right. So yeah. The bunker can only intervene if it's a reportable offence, which I guess a crusher still is, so maybe it won't change anything. Uh, The captain's challenge can be used after the final siren has gone but before the referee has blown their whistle. I wonder why they Um, changed that. (laughs) The Tigers loop, the Cowboys loop off. Yeah, yeah Tigers tigers got bottom um, wooden spoon because of that. (laughs) Otherwise, it would have been us, so... (laughs) <laughs> so you're in. You're not in favour of the rule change, then, Rob? Is that? I think it's saying? no. I think it is a good rule. That was a that was a ridiculous game. A full penalty will be awarded rather than a set restart for offside scrum infringements. Uh, that that probably means uh, occasional more demerits and a couple more gold kicks for the goal kickers. 
The the weird one there that they slipped in is the any time any team which deliberately locks the ball in the scrum to trap defenders in an offside position will also be penalised. So like, are you going to see penalties against like an opposition or like against the the feeding halfback because like the lock held the ball in the scrum or something like that's oh, going to be an interesting funny. one. Yeah, I like just that. are they going to are they going to enforce that though? Yeah, that's the thing well, with these rule changes. That is that is the interest that I had with regards to the next one is the enforcement of this rule. This is the big one is the active defender must have both feet in line or behind the referee when setting the defensive line. So on the goal line in defense where they would normally have one back foot on the line and their front foot sort of half a meter out, they're now going to have that foot on the line and you get your Brandon Smith, Reese Robson types who already were good at burrowing over who now basically just have to fall down on the line. And I mean, they were talking to Willie mate, like Willie Mason was talking about it in that YKTR podcast and just basically saying that he thought that it was going to lead to a lot more burrow over tries, particularly for the, the props you know, not being able to, you know, be in a power stance or something like that. But I think we discussed it, guys, and we feel that they're probably going to end up not not enforcing this rule, particularly hard on the goal line. I think one thing that if it – let's say they do enforce it, I think one thing um, that may increase is try savers. Like you could see a lot more held up over the line. Um, yeah. Which is an interesting one. Mm, instead of short. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. And then they can – Award a, pe- a full penalty as well, which might maybe teams will do it deliberately and challenge people to just take the two, depending on how their how their defensive line's going. So, yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting. And they're also trying to uh, uh, the the last one is referees are going to issue a single call of held held slash release rather than both, uh, which will address the unnecessary slowing down of the play of the ball and improve game continuity. So basically they don't want people lying on top of the rock. So there's going to be one call, which will be held release. And then, you know, assuming they don't let it go, it's a penalty or a six again or whatever. So, you know, depending on how that actually impacts, it may be interesting to see if that lands closer to the 2021 attacking stats than it does what we've seen for 2020 and 2022. Mm. Um it's probably going to be something that need, we'll need to watch in the trials and see what the pace of the game's like and how often they're they're giving away those six against. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing with NRL sides is they always find a way to exploit this and they'll definitely yeah. test that because, like, even if... Uh, like if they if, if the referee calls it once, are they going to call it for every single tackle like that? You know, so like I, I think you might have NRL clubs like just sort of toying with that rule, really pushing the boundaries because they're always going to try and find that wrestling advantage and um, try and mm. slow that play the ball down. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So that's that's basically it, Rob. Any any additional thoughts on that before we jump into the might mighty uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs? I was just thinking this might have some implications on our mate Damian Cook. Um, who we're probably about to talk about, um, but he's pretty good at at jumping over and and picking up on the the line that's you know not quite made the ten meters. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. It's going to be interesting because I mean these attacking hookers that are already so good. You know, it's another another notch up. So Harry Grant's a master of it as well. Yep. Uh, boys, the Rabbitohs starting out at the top with a gun. Probably, I mean, I'd back him in probably to be the number one wing fullback this year, Latrell Mitchell. Uh, Break-even 53, 
is fantasy relevant, but he probably finds himself, Ryan, too expensive and then later on in the season not a buy because of his uh, his buy schedule. Yeah, he's, and he's a difficult one to really dive into. The Rabbitohs have a pretty difficult um, start to the season for a player that's you're going to need attacking stats from. Like They open with uh, Cronulla, Penrith, uh, the Roosters in round three. They've got an easier one, we assume, with Manly in round four and then straight into Melbourne in round five. So, like, those opening five rounds, there's four tough games in there um, for a player that obviously is very dynamic, but, like, his best scores last year came against some some pretty woeful sides. He was still able to put up decent scores, like, put up a 50 against Penrith, a 55 against the Cowboys, which is, you know, that, that's very good against two top four sides, but... Um, mm it's probably, you know, at that point you're paying at value. Um, So, yeah, it's – I agree with you. I think by season's end he's he's probably one you're going to need in your side. But I think to start the season, that that schedule just puts me off a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the hardest part about it is he's also probably going to play Origin, uh, Mm. left centre or right centre, and then he's not available in round 20 and he's not available in the head-to-head grand finals. So. Mm. It's basically like you, we're probably going to find that he's going to be an absolute gun wing fullback and hardly any teams are going to have him by that point. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, outside of that, obviously, we've got Campbell Graham in the back line as well, who's a, you know, he ended up being the second highest scoring player who's still got center eligibility from last year. Obviously, Matt Burton was better, but he's lost his. It was, it was Jack Bird and... And Campbell Graham. So uh, he's somebody, one, but once again, like, you know, are you going to want a guy who plays two buys? And he's a, a potential origin candidate as well at right centre maybe, depending on how the, the Blues team stacks up. He fled for Australia. So one to keep an eye on there. But uh, the rest of the back line, Alex Johnson, Isaiah Tass, not relevant. But the, the big talking point here is this other wing spot, Rob, uh, and the battle between Tane Milne, who's suspended in round one, and young uh, Thompson, who finds himself, you know, uh, there's a there's a fair bit of confidence floating around that Thompson, in, from certain people, that Thompson's going to be the uh, the permanent fixture there. Do you have a, a strong read on this one, Rob? It's uh, Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Like, Thompson didn't play that many games, did he, in the end? Um, Two games. And... Milne was Milne was fine. Like Milne, Milne did a good job, and it's almost like has Milne got ha, sorry has Thompson got the spot just because he's not suspended because Milne's back round two, right? So it's like you can't really start with Milne, but also can you start with Thompson because you just don't really know who's going to win that spot. Um, Milne, I think if if it was Milne, if Milne could play round one, we'd almost all start with him. I think because his 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 stats are really good from last year, especially on the wing. And yeah, he's just one of those guys that's like he's a big body. He gets through the work. He scores tries. Um, if if he didn't, if he wasn't, like he, I mean, he probably shouldn't have been able to use the the uh, <laughs> rugby league world cup loophole to miss to, to you know to serve those bands because it was a shocking tackle the swinging arm that he did but 
Yeah, it, look, if he was playing round one, we'd probably have him all in our teams. But it's just it's one of those ones where we just don't know, you know? Mm. Yeah, no. And I mean, the interesting part, Ryan, is so there's a guy on our website, Chris, who I think is also in our Facebook group, and he commented, I'm a diehard Souths member and fan, and Demetrio is really big on Isaac Thompson. If he wasn't injured at the back end of last year, he would have pay- played round 25 and the finals. Demetrio has put lots of time into him. He scored 20 tries in 16 games in New South Wales Cup last year and an average of 45, which mm-hmm. checks out. Uh, and, I mean, the one thing with Tane Milne is he's never proved to be a full-time starter. And, you know, we said the same thing. We were worried about Cass being, you know, able to win that spot last year and, and he got a job, got a, a a spot and stayed there. And it may be that Milne is just a reserve grade player and that's his ceiling. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Ryan, it's, do you have it's, any thoughts? Look, it's, it's quite possible. Uh, I, I kind of feel like this is one that's um, – we're destined to make our decision come the uh, the trial games. Like who who is starting mm-hmm. on that wing for for the the dress rehearsal trial game? Like potentially the charity shield or whichever one they use as their dress yes. rehearsal. Um, 100%. If it is Thompson, then well, I mean wheels up. But you you are running that risk that Milne does walk into the side. And, and look, I, I feel like Thompson is the the better player personally. Um, but look, we know there's more than just individual ability that goes into picking your side. So I, I guess we'll see um, what comes from Demetrio, but I, I think I'll probably be basing my my decision on that trial games. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a good way to think about it because I was actually thinking about that, just saying if, whoever's the starter in that charity shield usually a pretty good sign of the way they're going to run out. So let's keep an eye on that. We'll reevaluate come the uh, pre-TLT cheapies sort of that that region podcast post, post the trials and, and we'll come back to that. Moving through the back line into the halves, nothing relevant there from either of those two halves members, but relevant for sure in the uh, the nine jersey being Damien Cook, number one hooker last year. Unfortunately for everybody looking at him, he comes in at 945K with a 65 break even, significantly more expensive than Harry Grant and Reese Robson. Uh, so he's the third, I think he's the third most expensive player to start this year. So, uh, Ryan, do you have a – he's only 3.8% owned, so it seems like we're probably with the crowd that none of us have really discussed starting with Damien Cook, uh, and mm-hmm. he seems to be more of a luxury and, and somebody that I'll probably be looking to grab in round 20 for for those four weeks or whatever and then selling him in round 24. Yeah, I, look, I tend to agree, and, and just about every team has got. Well, I was going to say every team's got uh, Brandon Smith at forty-seven percent. I was going to say Tanner Boyd as well, but he's only at nine point two percent. I guess give that time. Come uh, come the start mm. of the year, I think more teams will have him. Um, he's slowly grown though, right? Like it's gone up. He, quite he a was lot. like he was like one point seven percent the other day. So oh, he's up seven point eight percent based on NRLFantasyStats.com. So, yeah, people yeah. are starting to figure that out. Um, I guess they're reading the article, Matt. <laughs> I guess my concern with Cook is I, it wouldn't surprise me if we see a little bit of more uh, Mamazulius um, once the season starts to get a roll on. Like if we see uh, Mamazulius coming off the bench, potentially spelling Cook. I, like I know they sort of see um, him as the as the future. I know Cook is also recently re-signed for the next couple of years, but he is getting on now. Um, but he's just in that price bracket where like. You'd rather probably save 100k and go for a Harry Grant, or even if you wanted to go a little bit cheaper and get a Reese Robson for what 170,000 less, and you're not losing too much there, but you can use that money 
um, elsewhere. So I just think, yeah, he's, he's just too expensive. He's priced, you know, in the Cleary Hines bracket and cheaper, uh, more expensive than Murray. And we all know, like, of those four, he's probably dead last in terms of the ones we're going for. Yeah, and I mean, the other point as well is they're going to have Saliva Havili on the bench who can play, even if he plays 10 minutes a hooker, that's enough to 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 spike Cook's value down into the 50s. Mm. So uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to go with Blake Taff on the bench uh, just because he covers so many positions and then and then have that Havili two-forward bench, uh, which will be good for the next guy that we need to speak about, Cam Murray. So obviously... We all know, and if you guys aren't aware, I am the president, CEO of the Cam Murray <laughs> fan club and did an article on him around his chops. Uh, last year averaged 65 in the, uh, excluding the game, six, sorry, 66.4 in the games, The one excluding the one game he got injured. So that one minute, one point really dragged his price down Fan Hub actually didn't modify his price, so Rob, I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna wax lyrical about Murray, but before I do that, I'll let you jump in and and give us your thoughts. Yeah, I I think Murray is like the most fun person to own in fantasy, right? Like, he just when he's when he's on, he's on. It's like just he's just gonna get you sixty points like every day of the week. And I know, I know he's in your team. I haven't, I currently don't have him, him in my team, but I, it's, it's really tricky to start without him. Like he is just one of the best fantasy assets um, you can think of. And yeah, I can't, I can't say enough good things about him other than that he's very expensive. But what you've mentioned is that he is slightly, even if it's very slightly undervalued, incredibly like, just, just a good, just a good player for, for for that value. And when we're talking about um, using him as a captain, as opposed to Cleary and Hines, who perhaps don't have that same value but are still captaincy options, it just represents a good person to start with. I think. Yeah, hundred percent. So the big difference between Murray and Cleary and Hines last year is Cleary and Hines both had two games sub fifty. Murray only mm. had one. Uh, so, you know, anyone who's banging on about Murray having a lower floor than these two guys is that's just not true. Straight yeah. up, it's just a straight up incorrect. Uh, Murray had uh, only 5% of his games under 50 points last year. Uh, a fellow, a follow 16 uh, under 60 points. So total, it's about 21% of his games under 60. So the other 79% of his performances came 60 plus, which is basically a walk up 60, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you look at Nathan Cleary, Nathan Cleary had 31 point something percent of games under 60 and Nico Hines had 26. So it Murray absolutely has the highest floor of those three players, but the ceiling is where we lose out. So if you look at the eighty average, uh, like games where they get 80-plus points, Nathan Cleary 31%, Nico Hines 30.5%, Cameron Murray only 21%. So where you lose out going for that Murray option is not on the bottom end, it's actually on the top end and the absolute ceiling. So Murray got a, highest, a higher high score than what Cleary did last year as well, but just did it less regularly. So 31% of Nathan Cleary's games were over 80 points. 
which is you know ridiculous. Mm. Whereas Murray only one in one in five games over eighty, which is still a lot. But you know, with Cleary, it's it's one in three basically. So that's that's what you're paying for with Cleary and Hines. You're pay, paying for high end ceiling scoring. You're not paying for a low floor. Uh, high floor, I mean. So just just to be clear about what your options are. The other big difference between Murray and Cleary and Nico Hines is the first two both have a buy in the first 12 rounds. Cameron Murray doesn't. So there's going to be <laughs> the world's longest NRL fantasy article coming out at some point. <laughs> Ryan's read it. It's about 3,000 words. It adds uh, it adds a thousand words every time uh, Mark thinks about Cam Murray. I think. Oh mate, yeah, it's just it's it's actually just photos of Cameron Murray, and it's like Cameron Murray's Wikipedia page that I've just copied and pasted. Uh, but no, in all in all seriousness, I've I've done some numbers based on the captaincy proposition in the early rounds. So essentially, the big difference between going for an early Cam Murray and going for an early Hines or Cleary is the selection of your captain and your emergency replacement in that week that those players have a buy because none of these three players are going to play round 13. And there's no use thinking past that because by then, probably by even by round 12, it's just going to be, you know, carnage anyway. And, you know, there's there's only so much planning you can do. But in round three, you're going to have to pick one of your players in your team to come up against everybody that's got Cam Murray who's got an 80% chance of going 60-plus. That's that's the point. So if you choose, this is if you have you know, Cleary, yeah, yeah, this is if you got Cleary. Round three, you got Ruben Cotter coming up against the Gold Coast Titans against the Warriors. Is the Warriors? Oh, sorry, in twenty twenty two, he came up against the Gold Coast Titans and scored thirty six points in fifty five minutes. Ruben Cotter's not a locked in fifty. Matt Burton's not a locked in fifty. You know, sure enough, sure, you know, like your your Joe Tarpany, if you're going to go that way, and that's not a locked in fifty. It should be, but it's not. The I mean, Ryan, you brought up Payne Haas. If you're going to go with Cleary and you want to execute that strategy, you probably need to go the Payne Haas route, don't you? Yeah, I think so, just to have that safe captaincy option. Um, I think for me, like if, whether I decide to go Cleary-Murray or Cleary-Haas is really just going to depend on um, that Tuesday team list once they eventually do drop and can I afford to spend the extra 100000 or do I need that elsewhere? Um, because obviously Murray is the elite middle, but Payne is also uh, if he's if he's right in the head, he's a very um, very undervalued as well and a, an elite option too. Yeah, there's absolutely a there is absolutely a world this year where Payne Haas outscores outscores Murray. Uh, it's possible. It's not highly likely, but you know I put it at twenty percent maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that, that's the thing to keep in mind. And then the other thing is you're going to have to select an emergency. So you're going to have a, you know, Matt Dory or, yeah. a, you know, Toby Talau in your team. You know, these guys, while Cam Murray's dropping his 60 burger on you, you know, Tommy Talau might be giving you a nine. So the, the big thing of what you're paying for with Murray is that extra week where you know you're going to get that double 60-plus more than likely four out of five times. So that's that's the big benefit there. If you look at a 55 and a 30 from your captain and, and your uh, emergency replacement, then the going the Cleary route does actually provide more overall points than going the Murray route when you just look at that position in isolation. The other thing to keep in mind with this, though, is Murray's 
$53,000 less than Cleary and, you know, 40-something points over the span of 12 weeks is two and a half points, three points a week. You know, is that the best thing you can do with 50K? Probably not. So it's probably one of those things where you need to back in your ability to select your captain and your and your uh, emergency and then, you know, hope that Murray regresses a little bit. Um, it's obviously a different equation, Ryan. You're a head-to-head player as well where mm. you, you would probably be less worried about the overall points side of things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why, like, in your, in your article, you sort of hinted at um, why Haas was such a good reason for that because the Broncos mm. do have very little buyers over that. Um, when's their first buy? Is it round 16, I, I want to say? 16. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, assuming Haas does back up for Origin, um, he's, he's going to be an elite head to head option. So, yeah, like that's in his yeah. favor as well. Yeah. So, I guess the moral of the story is I don't think there's a wrong answer in the preseason between going the Murray route and going the Cleary Hines route, depending on how you're looking. But, um, yeah, definitely Murray, a top three elite captaincy option to start start the year and, and an extra week of elite scoring for, for you there. So outside of him in this forward pack, Tom Burgess, Tavita Totola starting. There's a little bit of, you know, a nibble of value with Tavita Totola, but I can't say that I trust it. Uh, and then Colin Matungi and Arrow, uh, both sort of, you know, in and around where we're expecting them to be. Uh, Rob, any interest on those three guys from you at all? No, no, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of Murray and then the center option, isn't it? Oh, sorry. The wing, right wing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the bench is going to be rounded out by Havili. who will play middle and maybe some hooker. Blake Taff will be, uh, you know, cover. And then some combination of Harme Sele, Liam Knight, Jacob Host. I got an, another thing saying that they were of the belief that Jacob Host was going to come off the bench, play on the edge for 40 minutes and push Arrow to the middle, uh, which would be interesting to see how that shook out. Uh, but, yeah, I, I've had a, a number of people looking at Davi Mowali, but, you know, he was behind, you know, a bunch of players last year and hasn't seemed to have done anything to, to change that. Uh Ryan, any additional thoughts here on the Rabbitohs? No, similar thoughts to what uh, yourself and Rob have said. I I think it's, um, for the most part, Murray will bust for now and just wait for the trials. I think that's that's what we need to see from Demetrio is how this shakes out. Um, I guess the main, um, I mean, this is one for probably later in the year, but one to consider, I guess, for head-to-head players is that, the majority, well, I think all South players are not going to be available for grand final week. Um, uh, yeah, it's massive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, first you've got to make the grand final, um, and whether you can do that without a Cam Murray is debatable, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's certainly a headache for that week. Yeah, I think you really want to be trying to conserve your trades as a head-to-head player, and, you know, you buy those Rabbitohs players in round 20, have them take you to the grand final, and then sell them to the best player you can as a head-to-head player. Mm. Yeah, easier said than done, though, hanging on to those trades that we've seen in recent <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> well, what, when do we get our, to, our trade top up? Is it round 20? Yeah, something like that. I think it's the same yeah. as last year, like round 19. Uh, yeah. 20. Yeah. I, yeah, I think they're I think they're keeping them from us until the end. So, you know, everybody should have eight trades at the end to be able to make those moves in theory. 
Mm, so, but whether you're just getting red dots out of your team, <laughs> getting red dots out of your team by then, who knows? You're trading greens is often a luxury, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. But I mean, for the quality head-to-head player that dealing with buys, it's what you're going to need to do. And I mean, Absolutely. we'll probably do some content specifically. I mean, my article specifically covers head-to-head versus overall and strategies there. Um, but you know, we also don't stop you from making the trades. We can't, we can't no, stop you. you from making the trades either. The uh, the nine the nine hundred thousand dollar looper in grand final week, <laughs> 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 so oh, punishing. Man. But also, just like looking into Cam Murray's eyes on the website is is oh, pretty beautiful, beautiful. Eh? Like, yeah, great, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the best looking man in rugby league. Yeah, you're not wrong. Mm. All right, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed our uh, ten minute Rabbitohs pod with fifteen minutes of rule chat. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you again for somehow a more relevant team in the uh, St. George Dragons. (laughs) Love you guys.